Um, so I want to talk about this, this well, next episode. Why don't you welcome us in then? Well, before we do that, I want to know if people want to be welcomed in, if they were going to join us for this episode. So I'm going to tell them what it's going to be. They can decide whether or not they want to join us. <laughs> okay. And if they join us, then they're on the train. And then when they get welcomed in, they feel like they're on this journey. That is a great idea. Right? Yeah, people can decide before they, decide. they actually start the real episode. Choice. Perfect. It's all about... Giving people conscious choice. Brilliant. Thank okay. you. I thought so. Awesome. So, welcome in. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it's about. Just kidding. We are going to talk about this really awesome study. Many of you know about this. Uh, 1984, the future of measles in highly immunized populations. And, of course, it is kind of annoying when they say immunized, assuming that because you're vaccinated, you've got guaranteed you know, immunity, because we know that's not always the case. But that's the way they used to use the word back then. So this is an article, a study, excuse me, from 1984 that basically forecasted our future and what we're experiencing now 40 years later, 35 years later. So that's what we're going to talk about. Are you in? Are you out? Um, yeah, I'm are in. You in? Okay. I'm in. Listeners, are you in? Yeah, I'm fascinated. In. I just I, I like the fact that this was published in 1984, which is you know. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I said 1984. I know, but we've like read uh, no, but we've a, read a like book, a yeah. quote from the author of 1984 in one of our previous podcasts. Uh, what was his quote? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, it was the author of uh, Fahrenheit 450. Was I there that day that we did that episode? <laughs> no, no, 1984 is George Orwell. Yeah. Yeah, not not no. uh, the other guy. Anyway. I digress. Yes, right? you do. <laughs> and officially, those are on the train. Let's welcome you in. All right. When you open the door for somebody else. Welcome in to the vaccine conversation uh, with Melissa and Dr. Rob. But you already welcomed us in. You I said didn't. welcome during, yeah. You like, pretended to. Uh, I, oh, I see what see, you did. See, I was already in. I know. You were, I know. You were ready I was to go. already in. I bet the listeners got it, though. But. No, because I was joking as if I'm not going to tell you what the thing was, okay. and I'm just going to go ahead and right. welcome you in. But the truth is, now you know, and the people that are here, you chose to be here. It's a choice. You know, that conscious choice is so important. And we're going to get right into it because. Um, Dr. Bob, we can't talk too much about what's going on. Hey, well, let's go on with today's topic, right? Yeah. So this study, somebody sent this to me, um, and I was so shocked. Just reading the abstract of this was so interesting because this study talks about the meta. Uh, what am I saying? This talks about measles and how as we vaccinate universally for everyone, what is going to happen down the line? So this study was written in 1984, and it basically hypothesizes, I'm going to summarize this in one sentence for you guys, this hypothesizes by the year 2050, 2050, we will have as many measles cases as we did before the vaccine. Right. Which is like, that's a mind-blowing statement to make, Right. Right. Now, he's talking about in a fully vaccinated population, by the way, not just people are going to stop vaccinating by then. We're talking about people are going to be fully vaccinated and there are going to be as many cases. Right, right. Which I which I I'm totally find fascinating because I feel like way back then, wouldn't everyone just assumed, hey, we're going to start a vaccine uh, like we did with smallpox, you know, yeah. and like how we got rid of polio. 
We're going to start a measles vaccine. Everything's going to be great. We're going to eliminate the disease and we'll eventually, um, you know, rid, you know, our country of measles. And, and that would sort of be their common sense default. Uh, Especially if there's lifelong immunity position, right? from these vaccines. Right, right, so right, exactly. And, and someone way back then had the foresight to predict that that's not at all would happen. And in fact, ma- mathematically and epidemiologically, it can't happen and it's not going to happen. And we're going to continue to have measles uh, despite this vaccination program. And here's why. And now how would you pronounce this last name? Levy, Levi? Um, David... David. Did you say Levy? I don't know. David so, Levy, David, David Levi. So know. this was a modeling approach. They basically used computer um, simulation to create this model based on data to see what would happen in the future. And this is kind of, and it even says it's forecast, under, tag, tag of this is forecasting, which is interesting. Um, so what he says was, um, he says, this is a, you know, everybody considers this vaccine safe and efficacious, right? This was going to be highly effective in eliminating measles. He said, however, little is known about how the measles vaccine initiative in the United States has altered the natural equilibrium of those susceptible and those immune to the disease. What has been observed is a large reduction in the number of cases accompanied by changing age-specific attack rates. Okay, so let me break that down for you. What he's saying is when they started this mass vaccination campaign, there was not a lot discussed about what was going to happen and how the balance, the disease balance in the population was going to shift. Now, we've talked about this because we talked about the Washington measles outbreak Mm -hmm. and how it was amongst a community of people where the adults had already had wild measles offered protection to their infants, and still to this day, not a, not a single infant under 12 months got a case in that Washington outbreak, over right. 75 cases. Right. That's not happened anywhere else. Um, and so in that Washington outbreak, we started to understand what, what measles would look like in a traditional population. The adults are already immune, natural immunity. They, pat, they protect the infants. The infants aren't getting it. The adults aren't getting it. And so the kids that are getting it are at a time, they're getting it at an age that has a lower complication rate. Right. So what he's saying here is nobody was really looking at how this was going to shift the natural equilibrium, uh, natural equilibrium of those who are susceptible. And what we've talked about is the shift in the burden of the disease. Because what's happened is... He admits there's been a large reduction in the number of cases, and you say that all the time. Right. Certain vaccines do work to reduce the incidence of cases. Right. But he says it's changing the age-specific attack rates. Who's getting it? Now infants are getting it. Now adults are getting it. And this is where we have a problem. And then he said, um, he says some authors have warned that despite the short-term success with measles elimination, and we always hear 2000 is the year that measles were declared eliminated as if we accomplished something, and right. now it's coming back. What he says is some people have warned that even with that short-term success, the passage of time will once again see the accumulation of susceptibles and the potential for renewed disease. Yeah. And this is exactly what we are right. seeing, right? Exactly. And, and, he, and he says that uh, he talks about other researchers that have 
warned about that. And one of the researchers is Dr. Cherry. Oh yeah. Who is we've we've also we've referred to another article that he's written. He wrote about how the whooping cough vaccine is making people now more susceptible. And Dr. Cherry is not just some doctor out of nowhere. He's like I think he's the head of infect, uh, pediatric infectious diseases at UCLA. Mm-hmm. He's written for the CDC. He's done. He is the basically one of the grandfathers of of the modern pediatric infectious disease world. He is very well respected, and even even he warned that we'll, we might have short term success, but the passage of time will will see something different. And what's so interesting about this is. I've discussed a couple times on my Facebook page, I talked about natural immunity and the difference in that and Mm -hmm. the shift of disease burden with the Washington measles outbreak. And I also talked about the MMR. We've talked about primary and secondary vaccine failure. And with MMR, assuming two doses gives you 97% coverage. That's what they say, the CDC says. It may be less than that, but that's what they claim. So using those numbers, that means 3% of fully vaccinated children every single year are not going to respond to the vaccine. And that means 120,000 kids every single year, if we're assuming there are 4 million, um, that are getting vaccinated with MMR. And so 120,000 kids every single year adds up over time. Right. So I looked at that over an 18, 19-year period. We're looking at 2.2 million kids. So the reason you have to add them up is because they're still in society. So the ones that got vaccinated in the year 2000 but didn't respond to it are still in society and the next year and the next year and the next year. So what's happening is we are having more and more children added to the mix who are not immune to measles, even though they're fully vaccinated, walking around like they're totally immune. Right. And so we also talked about as the elderly start dying off, you know, the elderly that had natural measles immunity from, from having experienced it as a child, as they die off as a generation we are having less and less population coverage. And this is my opinion that I think is well well backed by what science says, but that is what's causing the outbreaks. We've got waning immunity in adults. Mm -hmm. We have primary vaccine failure in children every single year, and we have the dying out of naturally immune individuals, and we will be a completely mass-vaccinated society soon. And there are people that cannot get a live virus vaccine like MMR, including immunocompromised pregnant women, children under 12 months. There's always going to be that group of people in addition to everything else that we're saying, which means there's always going to be a chunk, a pretty significant chunk of the population that is not immune to measles, which means when we have international travel, we have people that are coming over here where they still have wild measles infections. It's always going to be a risk. And in fact, it's going to continue to get worse over time um, as this this goes on. And then finding this study was so interesting because it literally says all of those things. Yeah. But it said it back in 1984. I know. I know. um, um, This is my favorite chart. I don't know if you like this chart. I wanted to to, um, skip a little bit ahead to this chart and then I don't know if we can go back back. to – something else but basically um there's a figure number five in the study again we'll post this study on our resource so you can follow along with our discussion um by looking at the study uh directly so he basically shows how in uh 1984 um almost everyone who catches measles is uh, uh like uh 
not infants because he's kind of like having maybe the young infants immune because because the moms gave them immunity. But he's saying basically kids like two, three, four, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. Those are the kids who are all catching the measles. Then we have a little bit of ten to twenty year olds, and then almost the entire adult population is almost all immune. And so you're seeing really only the disease for the most part in kids. Then that that was, that was 1964. That was pre mm-hmm. like pre vaccine. Okay, the top left one mm-hmm. pre vaccine. And we've talked about that. And you and you just you just basically alluded to that. You move over to 1975, and now you're not seeing the disease as much in in younger children because now we're we're vaccinating some. And now we have some, we have a lot of infant susceptibilities, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and again, this, this, uh, this, um, these graphs, I should say, is not actual who's catching the disease, it's who's susceptible. Mm-hmm. So I have to clarify that and correct myself. It's not that babies are catching the disease, it's that babies are, 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 are susceptible, but now the number of children in the, in the you know, age 5 to 10 are not very susceptible, they have a little blip of 10 to 12 year olds that are susceptible, but then they're saying a lot of the adults are not susceptible um, uh, because of the vaccination program as it begin. And that's the short term success. Mm-hmm. That's where we see the disease go away. And by 19, um, I guess that's probably 1983 mm-hmm. is, is the third line where no, no um, adult susceptibility. All the babies are susceptible in the first year. And we have this like, uh, you know, downward curve of all the cases occurring during a, during childhood because because of vaccination again we're eliminating the disease now move over to 2000 now we have this increasing uh group of susceptible children in whom like Melissa already said the 3% where the vaccine didn't work mm-hmm. so the children are susceptible um or the vaccine's wearing off so the children are now becoming susceptible in their 20s but all the adults are still not susceptible because that's who still has natural immunity. All those adults in 1964, 1975, 1983, and 2000, the flat line that goes from like age, you know, 20 to, to 90, that's because they all had the disease. And even in 2000, you're seeing all the 30 year olds and older, they're not susceptible to measles because they all already had the disease. Um, but this grown group of children are susceptible. And then now he goes down to the year 2050, where basically he says every year there is um, like, point, like 0.1% more of the population will become susceptible again. So after 10 years, that's 1% of the population. So after 50 years, that's an extra 5% of the population. He basically says by the year 2050, all of those children and adults will all sort of like equally be susceptible. Number one, either their vaccine didn't work, the vaccine wore off. All the old people who used to be susceptible have all passed on. And we've already said this in previous podcasts. Now you are going to have possibly 10% of our entire population completely susceptible to measles. 10.9%. Ten point, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. 10.9%. And he mathematically predicted that. And that, again, that's what in 2019, we're seeing that already mm. because the current um, California outbreak, 78% of the cases are in adults because so many adults are susceptible. And so I, I just, I, I find it fascinating. Even this page alone fascinates mm-hmm. me that we're, you know, 
we cannot eliminate measles from a population with the current vaccination. We, we just cannot. We never will. They predicted, they predicted it back then, yet we still see everyone pushing for mandates. Oh, my gosh. For, the language you know, that you hear, right. too, is just we had this under control and these darn yeah. anti-vaxxers brought it back. But what he's saying is with full vaccination and full compliance, assuming 95% is what he was using, um, even with that, he's showing we're going to get back to 10 to 11% of the population that could be at risk at any given year starting at 2050. And one of the things, so I, I want to also mention the assumptions that were made in this analysis, which this is key. Um, he made it a 95% vaccination rate, which was, that was one of the assumptions. Um, the assumption was made that children were getting the vaccine at 12 months. He was, he made the assumption that 1983 was the fade out time, that there was not going to, there were not going to be any more indigenous measles cases starting at that point. And 20 years later, just from that fade out, there would already be 10% of childbearing women that would be susceptible. So 10% mm -hmm. already at that point, and that means 10% of newborns would have no benefit of maternal immunity and are susceptible for the first six months of life. That was, according to this model, 2003, that that was already happening 10%. So as it continues to go over time. Mm -hmm. But here's the kicker. This assumption was made in order to generate this model that waning immunity does not occur. Interesting. So these numbers should be even higher. Right. So not e so even it wasn't even included. Right? Yes. Interesting. He okay. said directly, number five here, this is on page 43, says waning immunity, secondary vaccine failure in immunized individuals does not occur. This was the assumption that was made to come up with these results, assuming at that time your measles vaccine lasted forever. And that's what a lot of okay. people think. All right. And what we're so, seeing right. because of this age distribution, we're seeing a lot of people that their their immunization status says that they were vaccinated, but they're not showing coverage anymore. And so it's safe to assume that waning immunity does occur. And he was able to put together this study, not even including waning immunity as a as a problem, but just primary okay. vaccine failure and then the elderly that are naturally immune dying off. Right. That alone was enough to create this kind of problem. And okay. so you can just imagine if he did include waning immunity, these numbers would even be a little bit more scary. And something he says that I find kind of interesting is back in 1964, again, this is right at the start of universal mass vaccination, he says that there were only 3.2% of cases that were over 15 years of age. Only 3%. Okay. So 97% of cases were under 15 Right. And then what do we see now, though? Typically in outbreaks now, we're way over 3%. In fact, we're 60 to 70 in California yeah. right now. Over 75% are adults. Right. The way that it used to work was when you got measles, you got it at this childhood school, you know, school child um, age. And now that shift of the burden has gone to infants under one and adults. We see so many adults. People know this that the, there's such uh, the complication risk increases as you age, and so if the if the goal is to protect people, if the goal was to to um, manage disease in a way that kept as many people safe as possible, 
did they look into the future far enough to see where we would be? Because now what's going to happen after 2050, maybe after 2075, where are we going to be as a society? We do not have, we no longer have that cycle of natural infection. And we're going to be in a situation where we're dependent on more doses and we're still going to be having outbreaks. And babies under 12, or 12 months are still going to be at risk. And adults are still going to be the ones getting it. And how is that going to look when those numbers, I mean, what are we, the 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 uh, numbers of measles cases I heard now is like somehow jumped to over 900. Um, I heard this okay. today. I don't know. Saying the highest in, thir- in, in 30 years. What I'm saying is this is going to be the new normal because we are going to start coming back. Now, there there was, a, you know, one of these populations is in, um, in an unvaccinated community, which had a couple hundred cases, and we see those every now and then. So take that away from it. And let's say you look at 600 to 700 cases across the country in different states, just 30 and 40 cases at a time. Mostly adults is what we're seeing. And so this is going to be the new normal, everyone. This is, and this has nothing yeah. to do with unvaccinated kids because this model shows you it's mass vaccina- vaccination that's creating this because the number of un- in- in- unvaccinated, I should say, um, children has remained relatively stable over these last several decades. Right. That number is not jumping up out of nowhere. You're, you think it is because of the media. But the truth is that number is still 1%. That means 99% are either partially or fully vaccinated on some way. So what's happening? Like, why is this continuing to happen? Um, and, and he offers his explanation for it. Yeah. And, and um, did you say that, I don't know if you said these numbers already, but I, there's a, I like the figure on figure six mm-hmm. on page 46, where yeah. he just basically shows you, um, you know, before measles vaccination. Um, it it uh, it basically says, or when we started measles vaccination, what percentage of the population was susceptible? It was ten point six, ten point six percent, and then and then huge success with vaccination short term by getting that number down to three point one percent of the right. population through vaccination by nineteen eighty is only three point one percent will be susceptible. But again, we, that's the best we'll do, and then we'll start losing it. And the susceptibility will get back to where it was pre-vaccine era, and and then will it event will it continue to climb you know year after year after that, and um, we're that's where we are now. But yeah, we it it almost could we could almost imagine is it going to get worse? I mean, are we going to see more and more measles outbreaks? You know, because I, because we've like because we're just creating an adult population that has no. Immunity and the danger of that, and they allude to that in this in this article as well. They talk about it. They talk about how the peak incidence was age three to four right. for kids, and, you, and most everyone by ten. Right, yeah. and if you change that, where where now it's only or mainly adults catching measles, and you're going to see more disease complications. Right. Um, I don't know if we're going to see more fatalities because we're we're not seeing fatalities from measles. But if we're seeing more disease complications, could we potentially be worse off, um, you know, in another, you know, 20, 30 years from now because 
because we have so much measles going around and adults who are who are suffering the complications, whereas as children, they would not have suffered and those complications. And babies, too, under 12 months. That's yeah. another big concern. And that's one of the, yeah. the big marketing points right. for why people need to get vaccinated is because of these babies under 12 months. But what they're not talking about is the fact that this program has put us in this yeah. circumstance. Yeah. And what he says was, he says, despite the absence of disease... Even without disease, the proportion of the population susceptible to measles starts to climb in 1982 by, like you mentioned before, 0.1% per year. And that's 220,000 or 300,000 new susceptible persons each year. And eventually would get to that 10.6% by the year 2045 or 10.9% by the year 2050. I mean, this is something I think really worth considering. Yeah, and and I love... um uh, this line on page uh, 47 under implications, this, this really fascinated me. He's, he talks about the success of the current program due to a, a very high vaccine coverage in, in all the young kids. But he says this, <laughs> the success of the measles program, the reason why they eliminate it was because due to the almost complete natural immunity of at least 99% of the adult population. So the reason they could get rid of measles is because all the adults were naturally immune. Of course. It's because we let everyone catch the disease back in the 50s, 60s. That we had the protection. Right. So then we eliminated it from children. That's how they eliminated measles Mm -hmm. because there wasn't the susceptible adult population. Now that that's going to change, he says, as natural immunity is slowly replaced by the artificial immunity Mm -hmm. of lesser coverage... The proportion of susceptibility of susceptible people will reflect this change and will increase. And that I, that just that whole concept just fascinates me mm-hmm. to no end. I, even though we talked about the same thing months ago, I, I just every time I see it, I don't think I've ever seen anyone write that the reason a vaccine program was successful is because all the adults We're had already caught the disease. Yeah. Wouldn't that make someone just pause, I guess, and try to think before they even embark on a program? Could they have predicted that maybe this isn't the best idea? Because they thought to themselves, if we can stop the disease in children, we're going to assume it's going to do just like natural immunity would do, and it's going to keep them protected for lifelong. We'll just keep doing this for kids, and we'll be all fine. But that's such a simplistic approach, because the truth is this stuff ends up getting a lot more complicated. And he says... He says the reason, I I found the other part that he mentions about waning immunity, he said, it was not considered because of the present lack of knowledge with respect to its magnitude and epidemiological um, importance, meaning at that time, Mm -hmm. they didn't really understand the role waning immunity would play. And again, who's studying it? And and how Mm -hmm. is that going to show? I mean, how does that show up? I mean, you're right. These are the things that they should be listening and thinking of before embarking on universal mass vaccination. And again, this, this is the measles vaccine, which is one of their best, if not their best one that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about a successful vaccine, and this is still what happens. There are vaccines that are not successful and are not, that are causing chaos too, but this is one of the successful ones. Mm-hmm. So even this, and then... Um, One thing I like is this model shows how the measles elimination program alters the balance of nature. Yes. Yeah. We've talked about that. Right. This is, this is upsetting the natural balance of things in a way that um, 
does not come without unintended consequences. And again, mind you, we're not even talking about the risk everybody takes every single time they take one of those vaccines. This is not even including all of the potential risk for harm. We're saying if it never harmed anybody and and it worked perfectly the way it's designed to work, we still would be in this circumstance. And so this is why this idea of mandating stuff is just like, it is pretty mind-blowing because you're you're, you're seeing the data even 30 years ago, 35 years ago, that's telling you it's not going to do it. This is not going to make a change. This is not going to make a difference. Right. Um, And I like like how he he concludes it with a very very interesting paragraph. Did you have any Well, no, I I highlighted what what you read also. Um, Um. yeah, no, the, the only thing I, in the conclusion is basically yeah, I mean, what I, I was going to say, so go ahead and read it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I mean, I'll read it because I think he says it better than I can say it, but it says, although the first measles battle, that of eliminating indigenous measles in the United States, has been virtually won, the war is not over. Computer simulation indicates that population susceptibility may eventually reach the pre-vaccine level despite the measles elimination program, and that with every new year, the U.S. population will contain over 220,000 more persons susceptible to measles. Although great benefits have been achieved, the challenge of the future is to preserve the gain for today's younger generation and the generations of tomorrow. And it's not possible. Right. Because it's not possible to transfer what they're able to do in childhood with stopping the disease to make that a long-term benefit like natural immunity was to adults. You cannot recreate. I mean, isn't this kind of like... Well, so, and and I fear that the answer is going to be re-immunization. Right, but it's not going to change anything because for the people that didn't respond to the first two doses, they're not going to respond to dose number three either. You're right, you're right. Or, or it's gonna it's gonna wane again, and and we're gonna have a definitely an uptake in uh, in injuries. chronic arthritis mm-hmm. injuries. And but don't worry, there's a vaccine compensation program yeah. just for you if that happens. Or there'll be a vaccine for um, arthritis that oh will be <laughs> coming out yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love those. Ki- I love yeah. bringing studies. I, I we yeah. should make sure and keep doing that because I love looking at studies and breaking them down and dissecting yeah. them. So again. The name of this study so that you have it is called The Future of Measles in Highly Immunized Populations. We're going to include it in our in our link. It's a modeling approach, and it's just really interesting. I, I hope you guys found that interesting as well. It's exactly what's happening right now. And again, legislation is not going to solve this problem the same way right. that mandating more pertussis vaccines is not going to solve the pertussis problem. You know, the way that natural infections works is a very complicated process, and we rely on all different parts of the population to keep balances a certain way. And if you're going to, you know, change this section over here, you're going to see a change in this section over here. It's not like that was the intention, but that's what we're dealing with. And so let's not just turn the blame on all the people who are conscientiously opting out. Let's let's put the blame where it belongs, which is, okay, so this didn't work as perfectly as we thought it was going to. And now what can we do about that? And, um, and again, we should not be mandating things for right. that reason. Exactly. Well, thanks for that article. I liked it. I, You're I welcome. actually thought it was uh, very fascinating, especially that one part. We oh gosh, actually learned something completely new and that I've just never seen anyone write that, that one part about. And they did it so The long reason ago. a vaccine was so successful is everyone used to catch the disease. Yeah, they didn't have is, to because yeah. they didn't have to worry about that whole population right, right. either. They exactly. only had to work, worry about the exactly. small little population. Yeah, I know. I know. So interesting. Right. Well, thanks you guys for joining us. Uh, don't forget to 
rate and review if you have not yet. And we definitely appreciate the reviews, as you know, from recent, uh, listening to a we'll few of our, our recent recent episodes we've you know we keep reading them we love them um, next episode we're, we're going to read a review in the accent again okay? <laughs> let's do it it was so fun what are you going to give can us sing a review how about that you should you should sing one and i'll do an accent you guys don't want to miss that i'm not sure it's going to be fantastic but i'm i'm putting it out there so all right thanks for joining us everyone The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. Always consult your healthcare professional for information on vaccines and infectious diseases.